Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking About the Big Stuff podcast. My name is Michael Cole, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Matthew Cravat. And hey, this is the first time in the 13 years we've been doing this podcast that you didn't mess up the open. Yay, good job. You remember yeah. the name of the podcast. Yeah, and this is a, happens to be our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like David Bowie. And not only is this the last uh, concert of the tour, it's the last concert we're ever going to do. Yeah. So, the end of Spiders uh, from Mars. Yeah. In- interesting uh, uh, that I got it right today. Considering I I quit soda yesterday, so I've had zero caffeine, and I'm in. I know that like, for the average person, like a soda addiction doesn't feel like a real addiction, but I guarantee you that I am going through it right now. I have like a killer headache. And say if I stop taking doing caffeine, doing coffee or soda, you know, or both, I guess. After one day, the headache is splitting for two days long at least, before I break the the, the cycle for a while. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not a coffee person really, so it's not that bad for me as far as that, but unfortunately when I try to quit soda cuz all the sugar and shit, it ends up being that all of it's gone out of my system and so like I'm I'm jonesing right now. Yeah, so I use Soda Stream and they recently came out with actual Pepsi, Diet Pepsi, Pepsi Zero and Starry and starry zero sugar uh, syrups that taste almost identical to the bottled stuff. And that's terrible for us. <laughs> it's like, cause it's diet Pepsi in the refrigerator at all times now, because it takes yeah. 30 seconds to make it. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. So that's not our topic tonight is not addiction. Although uh, maybe someday. Did you want to introduce our topic for tonight? Yeah. So I was talking to a buddy the other day at work. And he's young, younger than you. Uh, so he's, he's a junior member of our team. And he says to me, so if you were able to retire, when you retire, what are you going to do? Like, what's your dream thing to do? And it led to, like, there was at lunch, and we led to, like, the whole lunchtime, our conversation of, of things. Um, and with if the economy gets better, my 401k gets better, I plan to retire in, like, five years. You know, so it's 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 a it's a near thought for me where i know for you it's a little further out but it's like what if you came into a million point three seven dollars uh today and then say oh i'm just putting it all into retirement funds and i can retire now what would you yeah. what would we do yeah so i think about this all the time um because i well before before i address the topic that you've just introduced i want to say this so my dream has always been to get a job that I never want to retire from and be able to retire as quickly as is reasonable. So to have that ability to, so that you have the freedom, because I, I honestly think a lot of a lot of any job, the stress and the pressure on any job is I gotta I gotta maintain this. So as soon as that goes away, like if I if you win the lottery and you decide. Uh, I'll give it a year before I do anything. Every day, you know, someone comes in and is a piece of shit to you. You're there. It is fifty percent as bad as it would be if you have to sit there and take it from them. You know, like in that ma- mindset, I think would change. So, so I think about this a lot. But so I'm curious, as as, as someone who's hopefully five years away from retirement, what what are you thinking? I have a number of things. 
because hopefully I have, you know, 50 years of life left to me after that too, or close to it. Uh, I'm from a long-lived family. My yeah. Three of my grandparents, or two of my grandparents were in their 90s when they died. One was 103, and my parents are both alive in their mid-80s, so I've uh, got some years. So I could see, uh, you know, accepting the, oh, well, let's go to Europe for, for three to six months for an extended vacation, you know, just tossing that out as an easy first thing. Going back to work and doing kind of what I do now, which is digital marketing expertise or communication, digital communication expertise, but doing it for like half the salary that I do it for at a nonprofit where I'm doing it to make a difference, not for a salary. Like to your point, I'm not there to keep my job. I'm there to do what I want to do because I want to do it for them. I could see doing that for a couple of years easily. I think about it all the time because I would say that if it wasn't for my, if it wasn't for the idea of needing the paycheck every week, I genuinely like the people I work with and stuff. It's, it's, I have one, I have the best boss I've ever had. Um, I take offense at that. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just joking. Um, I do have a great boss. Uh, one of, I, I, I would say right now that I've had three amazing bosses in my life. Um, one of them is my current boss um i say i i kind of hesitate on that because she technically someone got promoted that we've expanded so i have a boss in between us and she's also a very good boss but my my boss that was my boss up until a month ago was up there and then there was a woman that i when i worked at home depot she she was awesome um and she will always be one of my best bosses. She had my back and she would, she literally one time a guy. So I, I background for the story real quick is at home Depot. I was working as a head cashier. It was, it was a largely uh, female department and I was one of a few males in it. And because of that guys from outside of our department didn't always take us seriously um, or treat us the, you know, the way that they would treat uh other men and so they like they were kind of condescending to us and they weren't that way to the women necessarily they were actually pretty good to the women so i don't mean it like a it was just a weird like middle area of like you're you're in a woman's job why are you doing that kind of thing and they would be assholes about it and I, one time a guy was giving me shit about my job and one of and I was doing with what the other head cashiers were doing. We were organizing. It was like New Year's Day or something. We were getting shit cleaned out. And my manager told him, uh, this was her boss. And she said to him, if you ever fucking talk to any of my employees like that again, I'll slit your fucking throat. <laughs> uh, I'm so, guessing this was Massachusetts. Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> so she is my, uh, my, she's one of the three. And then my third uh, best boss ever um, actually fired me on New Year's Eve, so that was interesting. Um, didn't fire you; he just didn't nah. extend you. <laughs> you didn't extend me, and I would never have considered it that. But you told everyone at your New Year's party that night, "I fired this guy today." It's just a great way to introduce someone at a party. This yeah. is my employee; I just fired. But it's not like you didn't come back two days later. True. <laughs> yeah, that was a uh, fun, fun story for our fun time to be like oh crap i gotta look for work well i'll wait till january 2nd and then i'm like <laughs> going out to get lunch before i've started filling out my resume and i get a call 
hey, they didn't realize, but they they actually have some other stuff for you to do. So that was pretty yeah. It was in a different group than mine, so it was different budget, so they had to get it approved yeah. separately. I couldn't just extend you, but able yeah. to swoop in and grab you. Yeah. I I that was a good good job, obviously. If just for meeting you, but there was a lot of good stuff. It's like how many ex bosses do you do a podcast with? <laughs> As of right now, one. Uh, soon, I, one of my current bosses might, and I might do a podcast. Um, his name is Logan. Um, he's my boss. I don't know if you knew that or not. It's a, a boss baby. Yeah. Yeah, he really... I, I tell <laughs> people that because he's grown up so much now that he doesn't look like that anymore. But I show people the old picture with him holding the boss baby stuff down. I'm like, holy shit, it's boss baby. I'm like, yeah, he was boss baby. GOP preschooler. Um, yeah. Oh my god, I I love telling people about that. Unfortunately, I only have like four. I only have like four tweets, really, on four or five tweets, but it was good. Good while it lasted. All right. So, what would I do if I all of a sudden could retire? Probably drugs. Um. <laughs> you still got a kid. You still got to raise a kid. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, no, if I could retire tomorrow, okay, so this is completely everything else in my life stays the same, but I have more, I have enough money to comfortably retire tomorrow. Yeah. To not have to work a full-time job. Okay. So Logan's still a kid. I still got to think about Logan having to go to college. Yeah. Yeah, So it's not, I'm rich. It's just that you can do, I'll put it this way. Without having a full-time job that you're competing to get the most money you can get out of, like the way the world is kind of now, you can still do what your plan would have been if you continued in your current trajectory. So still being able to afford him going to college as long as you don't just go below everything that you have and everything. Yeah. Okay. I would would do more physical activity than I do right now. Um, Because I'm pretty good about going to the gym as considering my busy schedule. Uh, of recording and being a coach on a on Logan's baseball team and work and fighting crippling depression. So, uh, coaching a baseball team at that age—that's no run the other way, run the other way, right? Yeah, I'm not saying that it's a big. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a lot going. I gotta on, make a it's, substitution. It's taken. It's taken some time. So, and it takes a lot of mental energy. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Of mental energy. Oh, if I don't, if I'm still in the hangover stage or the, uh, the what you call it, not uh, you're, withdrawal you're, stage, withdrawal from oh, caffeine, not uh, gonna be good. I gotta practice in two days, and if I have, if I'm still in withdrawal, and I'm like, guys, because I, I, I get a little ragey. I, to, I, so I have a new, I have a new coworker starting tomorrow, and I told my boss that if. If I'm feeling like I could accidentally snap, I will go get a soda to to relieve the pressure on this girl's first day. So I'm not so she doesn't come over like Michael, can you help me? And I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we've been we've it's basically at, at work. It was it was all on, all hands on deck trying to figure out how to get me to be like a normal person for a day while we have this person start so that I'm not immediately weird. <laughs> But I, I think they all forget that I'm actually, I'm able to fake it for a little while. So faked it with one of my bosses for almost two years. So she thought I was normal for, yeah, till the podcast started, basically. So. 
yeah, I would, I would do, I would do more. I'd go to the gym. I try to go to the gym probably every day and do something. And then it's not necessarily working out, but sometimes that might be, or not, not lifting every day, but like doing something. Cause my gym has basketball, rock climbing, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff. So I could do, I just could stay active. Um, and then on top of that, I would write and hopefully like with that kind of time I could, especially if, if you and I both get this deal and we're both retired, <laughs> we could make some movies while Logan's at school. We could be filming a movie. So, yeah. So writing is one of my other categories is two different things. I would write if I could find time to write porn and, um, okay. Three different things I would write. If I... <laughs> so the first is I have a dream of an improv, uh, how to do improv, book you know there's a bunch of books out there but i have a format in my head that nobody else has done that i think is funny enough in the format to be worth doing and so i don't know if you've ever read a diet book slash cookbook like yeah. say the south beach diet when i read 20 years ago which like the first third is the philosophy of the diet to make you buy into it and understand why it's supposed to work and then the next third is meal like actual um you know, dishes, you know, the recipes for individual dishes. And the last third is meal plans saying, you know, these breakfast is these two things that you learned how to make over here. Lunch is these three things. Dinner is these five things. Right. Yeah. And I could see doing an improv book that way. So the first section of the book is my philosophy, improv comedy. There's lots of different philosophies. I take from a lot of them liberally. So here's my take on improv and how to do improv and how to create improv and probably also how to be a director. So how to perform and how to direct. And then the next section being kind of the recipes being here's a list of games you know they're my scene bible of here's different formats and games for warm-ups for gimmicky games for musical games for scene-based games for how to do just straight scenes at a higher level and how to do long form so like all those kind of things and then the last section being the meal plan being here's how to put together a show if you're a director if you're actually starting a group or directing a group you got to know the ebb and flow of the energy levels of different types of things so here's basically lists of um outlines if you will from of the games earlier here's different samples of how you can put together short form shows, long form shows, combination shows, and then, you know, swap things out of like these categories, some templates. That's my dream nice. book to write for how to do improv. Nice. And you said that there was another thing that you had to write. You said two things. Yeah. So the other thing potentially is I have recordings that my dad did interviewing my grandfather. I said made to 103 when he was in his mid late eighties, probably he sat him down and recorded his time coming from a small town near Ukraine, uh, in Ukraine, near Kiev, um, to America by himself ish. When he was 15, um, he came with a cousin, but who abused him and was horrible to him. And like, he ran away from him as soon as he got to Philadelphia, he didn't stay with him and he went and found other relatives that he stayed with. But so I have stories of his story of coming to America and going, working up through the garment district. He was like in the first union in New York garment district and had friends of his murdered in front of him by union busters while they were walking in the park. It's like all these cool stories that I, I was thinking a children's book, but then I realized none of the stories like, like how, to tell the story to the next generation. And then I realized none of his stories are really appropriate for children. They'd really hard to be hard to dumb down. So maybe yeah. writing it as um, a play and maybe it's a one act play. That's just a one person, one act play. So me sitting on a bench, telling you the audience the, as being my grandfather and telling the stories that he would tell if you ran into him on the bench. So just telling nice. stories to you. Thanks. Speaking of your grandfather, 
I was watching a so this is YouTuber that I've been watching a lot lately. I cannot remember the name of this of the channel, um, but she was she does a lot of movie stuff, and she did. I watched all ninety five best pictures, so you don't have to. And it was like thirty seconds or less for every single one, and some of it was like it's the Godfather, and like yeah. there was no other response. But for for is it Cavalcade? No. Samarin. Simran, yeah. yeah Simran. She was she said uh she said the lead character's name is Yancey Cravat. And that was her whole comment, basically. It was like, eh. There you go. Yeah. So I should start calling my son Joseph Yancey. Yeah. It's a it's a name that needs to be brought back for sure. A nickname that needs to be brought back. So no, that that would be really cool though though. Idea. Yeah, because I could see you know traveling around the country performing it, you know, at, you know temples and stuff, you know. Cause, yeah. And and I already know I already know the theme music. My friend Cheryl, uh, she's a singer songwriter from Canada, and when her great aunt died, she wrote a song about how her aunt was the keeper of all those stories from that generation and that experience would tell those stories. And she wrote a song about now that she's gone, who's going to tell those stories to the next generation? You know, what am I going to say? My stories are growing up in Brooklyn, not nearly the same experience as being an immigrant, you know? Yeah. And um, so she wrote a song called They Were Then, We Are Now. That's basically that. I'm like, that's the intro music. And that's like the you know, fade in, fade out music for is the for the one act play is her song, which is what the play is me doing. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. And she wrote it uh, so I can get the rights to it. <laughs> Nice. I um, I talked to my dad when he first got Alzheimer's. I asked him, I was like, you know, would we be able to record you? Because my dad's been really for throughout his life, he has been really anti-photo, anti being on video at all. And I was like, can we record you telling some stories and stuff so that the kids will remember what you sounded like and you know stuff if if because i didn't know how quickly he was gonna deteriorate i didn't know if they would be old enough to remember him um and obviously if i like have more kids they won't ever get to meet him or they may not get to meet him so i was talking about doing the same thing uh and he's got some he's he has some fun stories that i always thought would be interesting for some, some you know use to like he, uh, him and his best friend worked for Coke in the eighties around the time I was born. And a lot of people worked they, for Coke in the eighties. Yeah, no, this was, uh, Coca-Cola. Oh, they were, they were truck drivers for Coca-Cola and there was some Christmas deal where, uh, you, they've got like, a, it was a six pack or a case of Coke for, you know, a quarter or 50 cents for him with the employee discount and the, there's some sale and all these things mixed together. And they loaded up their, they lived next to each other. They were neighbors and they loaded up their car. So with so much Coke that it was like, like lowered down and squealing the wheels because it was so lowered. And I always thought like he had just the, he has these like ridiculous stories of shit that he, did when he was young my uh, roommate and i freshman year of college convinced our fraternity brothers that his father drove a truck for pepsi even though he didn't oh yeah his, fa- his father was like an executive at pepsi or you know mid-management level kind of executive at pepsi and like yeah. in purchasing or something you know something boring and mundane but when the three liter bottle of pepsi first came out they did like promotional big like over the mantle size 
photos of them, glamour shots framed in glass, and his father brought one home, kind of as a goof. It's like look, you know, like it was one like in, in you know in the office. It was an extra one in the office. You know, like I guess it would be up in the halls, and he brought it home and said, "Here, put this up in your fraternity." So we had what looked like a fireplace, and it was like where the gas heat came up in our brownstone in Brooklyn, our fraternity. And we hung this giant three liter bottle, like glamour shot over over the mantle. And when people said, why do you have that? They'll be like, Lewis's dad drives a truck for Pepsi. Like he makes good money driving a truck. It's, it's Teamster, you know, he makes good money. <laughs> so everyone thought his dad was a truck driver. Yes. He's Italian, so it worked. Yeah, speaking of cardboard cutouts, this this might make it to Instagram, Who's, who knows? So in, Middle school, I, I guess I'd have been going into high school. Um, I was so this is Phantom Menace came. Oh, here we go. I know I've seen this one. Is that from his roast? Uh, I think it is. I, mean, yeah. I just got it as a present in the mail. So <laughs> yeah, nice. it showed up in my mail one day. For for listeners, it's David Hasselhoff. I'm pretty sure it's the roast poster, but it's a cardboard cutout. Uh, probably not life size because he's huge, right? It, it, yeah, probably not life size, but it's fairly big. It, yeah. It's it, the, the the cutout itself is. I mean, it could be he's sitting down in it, so it's hard to tell. Yeah, true. But uh, so I got a cardboard cutout of Natalie Portman as Queen Amidala, and and um, my parents got it for me for like my fifteenth birthday or whatever, and and you know this is before going summer going into high school. <laughs> Seems like a bad choice unless you want to be staining that thing often i i never once did anything dirty with it however that's exactly where i was going with it was (laughs) it sat in my room for four years and i'd have you know by the end of freshman year sophomore year i'd have friends come over and and they would be like what's with the fucking cardboard cutout i'm like i'm in love with natalie portman (laughs) and and they'd be like do you fuck that thing and i'm like how do how would i fuck it there's no holes i mean you gotta dig you gotta cut one you gotta i mean that's the ultimate way to break up with a girl is to (laughs) cut a hole in it and say yes if you really love me i want you to give me oral through it like a glory hole i want you to be looking at queen amidala while you give me oral like that's the perfect way to have a girl break up with you but it wasn't me she broke up with me i didn't kick her out (laughs) by the time i got rid of it i'm pretty sure i was still a virgin so I a full full virgin. I mean, I was I was jerking off, but I wasn't receiving any any mouth hugs <laughs> or anything. So yeah, so there was anyway, no Padme was my... going on. Yeah, no, no polishing of the lightsaber, huh? I I genuinely like never thought to do it. I don't know. It just was never like my attraction to her was very innocent and, and i don't do it to david hasselhoff either i'm doing it right now with david <laughs> hasselhoff so anyway um so while we were talking i had an idea for another project i can do that i, that I need to start doing now i can't wait till i retire but you know you're talking about sitting your dad down and recording him it's like i need to do that with my parents now yeah I mean, just for regular every day, they don't have to be as grand to the stories as coming to America was for my grandfather. Just, I mean, recently my mother told me a story of her favorite pizzeria when she was in junior high school. And it ended up that the punchline of the story is it was owned by my best friend's grandfather who owned a pizzeria in my neighborhood, but it was a different one. Like he went to the pizzeria that was um, 
my best friend's grandparents owned and then their son married his my mom's next my mom's next door neighbor's younger sister or still next neighbor my mom's best friend's younger sister their kids became my best friend and my brother's best friend they opened a pizzeria in our neighborhood and i'm like what are the odds that she randomly used to go to the pizzeria that became my best friend's family's you know you know the pizzeria i'm like i would yeah. never my whole life i didn't know that story until like six months ago so i need to start recording stories there's and do a you on their youtube just be collecting short interviews every sunday that's a church. good idea i mean your your kids are are lucky because with the way your parents are going, your your kids could be in their forties when they when when they lose their grandparents, so they'll have some memories. But you know, it's, I mean, they're it's my youngest is twenty, so they have memories now. Like they'll be the, I mean, yeah. I mean, like so they lost their my 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 their grandfather on my my wife's side. You know, he, when Lee is too young to remember him at all. Jer- Jacob remembers a bit. Joseph mostly remembers the day that he died. We like, he was in India. We were coming back from buying bicycles from the Toys R Us for Hanukkah and we got a call from India that he passed away so Joseph remembers my mother my, my wife crying in the car like and that is like his biggest memory of it while Jacob yeah. had Jacob's a little older and has a, a, a few more memories but you know Leah's got nothing but they've got a whole yeah. a whole their whole childhood you know into adulthood with my parents yeah yeah I, I was th- almost 30 when my grandmother died and so like she was one of my favorite people and it sounds like you were one At of her least favorite an people. adult, yeah, you were absolutely one of her favorite people. Yeah, I, 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 my mother's father died when I was like seven. The rest of my um, grandparents uh, was, you know, I, I was uh, through college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as it is, I'm pushing forty, and I got a grandfather still alive. Yeah. So the one thing is, my my but... grandparents were old when my father was born. My, like they were like late. My grandfather was at least 40. My grandmother was probably in her late 30s when my father was born because my grandfather's first wife died. So my grandmother was his second wife. So so they were so they were old. So even though he lived a long time, he was old. You know, when I was I, I have no memory of him under 70. You know, I was starting to think because you said that you were my grand, grandmother's favorite. I yeah. I so your grandmother's one of your favorite people. And oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Used to have a cardboard uh, cutout of her. It's weird that why. you're one of her favorite people, and <laughs> and your and, father hates and me my so father much. Hates you because it's my dad's mother. That's probably weird. why. You know, it's he, that yeah. jealousy he's always had. That you know, you treated him more like a son than you did me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cultivated his talents. No, my dad was her favorite child. Bastard. And that's it's not really like a it's not like a it's a it's a thing that it's not necessarily nice to say out loud but we all know is it, true same in my family it's in my family for me my brothers complain yeah. all the time like the wives complain to my wife you know matthew's the favorite and she's like yeah matthew does all the work around the house you guys come and visit once a year and even, that is basically <laughs> the same reason for, for but even when dad. they when they were in new york when when my brother lived at home and i was in college ever i'd get home and all the things that had to be done were waiting for me like he didn't do them when he lived there oh yeah yeah yeah, and I had all the same uh, interests of my father, at least. Like I'm the only one who's into his music and and science fiction the way he was, and uh, I was his assistant in the workshop downstairs, you know, fixing stuff and everything. I'm just yeah. a better person, is what I'm saying. And you and you like non-white women, like your dad. Does my dad like non-white women? Okay, cool. Did you do, you don't remember that story about? 
You oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. All like right. His first ago, girlfriend. His you, first girlfriend. Like, it's true. That's new yeah. though. That like that's one of the things, a new story to me. It's not in my dad lore yet. It's like to remember. Yeah. yeah. It's funny though because my brother, my younger brother's first wife was Filipino, and my my um, toast to her was how he's copying me. You know, <laughs> I was like, you know, and Madhavi was um, seven months pregnant at Jeremy's wedding, so I was like, you know, look, did you find a girl like me? Is she short? Check. Asian? Check. Beautiful? Check. Pregnant? Anybody want to go check? <laughs> <laughs> she did not appreciate a, it. <laughs> no. Yeah, I well, didn't. Luckily, that one didn't last long. She was a nightmare. Check. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love giving wedding speeches. Uh, I am really good at it. And because it's me, everyone is on edge, on edge the, the whole, whole time. time. Like, what the fuck's he about to say? I gave, I, 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 I'm pretty sure I've told this on the air, or on, on the air, on the podcast. Um, but I, I was the officiant of a wedding on the 20th anniversary of September 11th and I did not make a single joke about that during the ceremony. <laughs> no, that's big of you. Yeah. My friend sent me you didn't she say sent me like her, your towering love. <laughs> she she sent me a the save the date uh, before I knew that I was going to be the officiant, she sent me the save the date and I got it, put it on my it was a magnet, put it on the fridge, took a picture of it and texted it back to her and said, don't worry, I will never forget the date. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Sarah, Sarah finds out I'm going to be the officiant and she's like, what the hell was she thinking? And she's like, you're, she's, she kept telling me, she's like, don't make any of the jokes. Don't make them now. Don't make them on, <laughs> along the way to the wedding. <laughs> Because if they're in your head and you get any response whatsoever, you're going to want to repeat them. So she's right. Uh, she was right. So why she woman. said, so this is my friend. Uh, I don't know if I should say her name on, I don't know. I will, I'll leave out the name, but Beep. my fate, my friend was the bride. Our other friend was, was there and he is, you know, one of my best friends. And Sarah says, don't make eye contact with him during the wedding when you're up there because he'll make you want to laugh because you guys have been joking about it being on September 11th for months. And so I said, okay, I won't. So Sarah sits with him because she, he doesn't have a date and she is without me sits with him in the absolute middle of my, it was a theater instead <laughs> of like, like middle of my eye shot. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You told me not to, to make eye contact with him. Then you sat his ass right in the middle. He's dressed like a lawyer for Scarface. So it's not like he has like some <laughs> subtle suit on that I'm going to miss. I'm like, what the fuck? So yeah. I performed a couple of weddings. Um, in, in North Carolina, it's, it, it's, it's, confusing what you have to be to, to perform weddings like i got like ordained from like a place in san francisco and that there was specifically a lawsuit about it in the 80s saying they don't count like anybody who had been married by one previously when it was like mail order was grandfathered in but somebody basically sued when they got divorced saying i was never really married anyway your father did it and he's not a real preacher so they passed the law saying those don't count and uh so the people i have performed wedding for had been already married with a wet marriage license but like at the courtroom or whatever and this was 
for friends to see or be there for. So it was just kind of a recommitment the day after the wedding kind of thing. But the best was my um, my friend Mikey's daughter. Her husband was in the military. And if they waited for him to move here from California, then got married, he'd be just in the barracks and they'd have to wait, you know, months to get married housing. So when he was home visiting one time, they went and got married just the courthouse. So then when he got transferred back to the East Coast, they got married housing right away. And so they've been married six months by the time they he moved here and they planned a wedding and they asked me to officiate it. And the, my entire um, wedding thing, everything I said was made up of movie quotes and uh, TV show quotes, like the, the nice. entire thing. And then for their first anniversary, I took um, photos from their wedding that they had shared and like printed at Walgreens, you know, the, the photo book with my annotated um, vows and stuff through the entire thing with like the, the last two pages being all the end notes of all the numbered uh, episodes and movies and books and stuff. But oh. it was fun because you'd see people in the uh, wedding party and, and guests like who each person got one reference like somebody would laugh oh, they got that reference then three people laugh at that one oh, they got that reference nice I if I could get married again you can to, to Sarah oh if if we could go back in time and and not, I actually really liked most of our wedding stuff so I don't mean it like in a regret way but in like a, if there was no way she was going to let me do some shit kind of way but if now I could go back and do that shit um I would, I, I would, I always, I, I suggested this several times and she said only if we could get David Tennant, but I wanted someone dressed up as the doctor to perform our wedding as the doctor. <laughs> and she said, if you can get David Tennant and we will construct the TARDIS on the site and we will have him step out of the TARDIS and perform the wedding. And you really need Matt Smith for that because he was at Amy's wedding. Yeah, well, David Tennant was at, was at Donna's though. So that counts, I guess. Yeah, we're David Tennant people to be. Yeah, I like Matt Smith, but we wanted David Tennant. That's fair so, for the threesome. I, I'd have done. Most. I'd have done. Yeah, he is probably the one that most likely to to have a threesome <laughs> with David Tennant. Um, anyway, but that's yeah, that's what I would go back and do if we could do like a fantasy wedding. Like yeah, we've that. tried to renew our vows numerous times, it never works out. Like we were going to do it at one, uh, at like our 25th, but that was my dad's 80th birthday party. So we, and we, and so we had to plan this giant party and it's, you know, the same time period. So like we couldn't do both, but then we were yeah. going to do it um, for our 30th and there was a pandemic. And, so, <laughs> and like, we still were going to try to do it. I like can outdoor space, but it was just hard to get a space that was good enough and affordable and people to come. So we gave up on planning. Maybe our, maybe our 35th. We'll see if we do it then. Yeah. When did you, what year did you get married? Ninety two. Oh, okay. Nice. You're ten years behind my parents. You should feel old. Yeah. It's always weird when I have a friend who I realize I could just as be easily be friends with their parents as them. Yeah, I mean, you are closer to my parents' yeah. age than mine. You were born in what? Sixty seven. Yes. Yeah. Okay. My mom was sixty one. My dad was 59. Yeah, like my right. brother is 63. Like, so your mom's like my brother's age. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's, if it makes you feel better, though, with when it comes to my dad, my dad has a sister who is younger than me. So yeah. we're all over the map. <laughs> so I, I was once in the break room at work, my, my old job, when I worked 
in animal science. And so I was work, I was having lunch with some of the just animal care staff, people who like clean the cages, feed the animals kind of thing. And there was this young girl who just started and, um, we're having, we're eating together and it turned out it was her birthday and she was 20. And she goes, yeah, it's my mom's birthday too. It's a real coincidence. She's 35. And my first thought was if I was going to date someone in your family, it would be your mom. And then I realized if she was 20 and her mom was 35, you were old enough to be her parent. Well, her, her mom was 15 when she was born. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Did that quick no. math of 35 minus 20. Yeah. I and she was just woman. saying it like it was just, yeah, my mom was 15 when I was thinking. I would I lie and say a... mom's 45. <laughs> yeah. I worked with a woman at Home Depot when I was 21, almost 22, and she was three weeks younger than me. Like she was a September 84 person. And she had a nine, almost 10 year old. So she had her kid when she was 12. And Must I live in a red state. It was Colorado. Yeah. And, and the father apparently was 29. So the father was like your age. <laughs> so it's pretty fucked up. Um, I was but... not 29 in 1984. I was a junior in no. high school. No, the ba- the father was twenty nine in nineteen ninety six. Oh, okay. When she was twelve. <laughs> yeah. Like my so, my my oldest child was born in ninety seven. Yeah. So I I often think about her when I because I a when I lived in Colorado, everyone that I knew from Colorado that was over the age of eighteen had a kid. That was that was raised had a kid. So. That kid, so I, it's been, you know, I'm, that, that woman is 38, going to be 39 in, in the fall. And her kid, therefore, is 27. So that woman who's my age is almost certainly a grandparent. And she had two kids. She had one at 12 and one at 14. Who, so they're both in their mid 20s, mid to late 20s. And, and I'm just like, oh shit! Like, and the way the cycle works, they probably had kids in their teens or, or super yeah. early twenties. Yeah, yeah, she could have like a seven she, or eight year old she, grandkid. She'd be a great grandparent by now. Holy, holy! <laughs> by the time I'm your age, she'll be, it'll be like the the only benefit to that. Okay, so this is my thought. You remember the Duggars? Not that I. Uh huh. I'm, I'm good friends okay. with them. Yeah. So you got they got 19 kids and counting. And counting, you have 19 kids. You hope that all 19 of them have 19 kids. And if you if they start as soon as they can, and you've been going from basically like 19 years old to 45-ish, you're almost your entire adult ability to have children as a woman, not you. Uh, so you have 19 kids. Then they start as soon as they hit a, the age, and they have 19 kids. 13. Each. You could have an army by the time you're 65. Yeah. Like you could, <laughs> you can't afford to have a family reunion. Everyone has to chip in because it's too yeah. expensive. And and the you just have like a fleet of buses, but yeah. and that's how southern towns are founded. Yeah, that explains so much. All these street names that are clearly like. So I don't know if it's the same in Apex, but in Carrie. Is Jones? Everything is fucking Jones. Jones Carpenter. Jones Franklin. Jones Buck Jones. Jen- and then and then Buck Jones. And there's Jenks. And then there's Jenks Carpenter. And it's like, oh, old, these oh, are all the families. Uh, I live up. Fun. There's Jenks, and then there's old Jenks right next to it. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and Green Level, and then Green Level Church, and then Green Level Bullhorn. Well, yeah. I don't assume Green Level was somebody's, ba- yeah, somebody's probably last not name. name. But, but Sarah, when Sarah and I moved down here, we're like, what is with these fucking street names? And then I was like, oh, these are probably the families that owned the property. That right. This was all area. one big plantation. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's very weird. It's very weird to think of what was happening 150 years ago where I live, like on my property, like, <laughs> or 170 years ago, we'll say. Well, both. Yeah, it's true. True. So. I would add to my retirement plan, so jump back to that. Um, as you oh, kind yeah. of mentioned in passing, if we were both retired, a lot more, and even without us both, a lot more comedy videos. So if it was um, oh, yeah. both of us, obviously better production videos than I do myself. But, um, you know, I've been recently, I've been, to go back to our old AI discussion, uh, this weekend I used um, Bing's AI chat search function to write initial scripts for TikToks for my, one of my puppets for loose duels. And um, like, I guess he likes to talk about political topics. So I was like, write me a thing from this point of view. And then I had to go and like, you know, rewrite it to be his voice. But I haven't gotten around yeah. to recording them because I'm so damn busy. Yeah. I would love to go back and um, I would love to go back and redo the AI video that we did with Siri, with Siri or Alexa, whichever one it was, Alexa's request. Yeah, so it's probably. I with think her. if we did it did it be, did it with a better production quality, I just like I love the concept of it. I I just wish that I had done it better when I did it because the audio is terrible. I yeah. could do much better audio now. I have a much better camera, but I do. I want to do more, but I also it's so limited on time. Like I, I feel like I'm constantly just going so. Yeah, I don't understand how that happened in the beginning of the pandemic when we started working from home and stuff. It seemed like everyone had so much extra time. Like we all got into new hobbies. I started doing the videos all the time, all kinds of videos. And like I still work from home three days a week, but um, I don't have as much time as I had. Yeah, no, I don't. I I, I personally was unemployed at the beginning of the pandemic, so it's different for me. But yes, I, I agree with you. Yeah, well. We'll wrap it up. We'll, we'll, uh, you got anything you want to plug? Um, nothing legal. Every, every time I'm waiting for you to make a butt plug joke and I wouldn't, do, I wouldn't do that. This is not a laughing matter. Nope. I don't know if you've noticed my energy changes when I'm wearing mine or not. So it depends on whether the, who's got control of the uh, app. I invented that. I didn't even realize I did, but you know, they had you know that 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 you know kind of a remote control sexual toys that the other person can have in the app and in public um, give women orgasms. And when I was directing improv, I had a performer who could perform at the highest levels of energy, but he would forget, especially if he wasn't the main focus on stage. He was in the background. He would just kind of go neutral. So I said to him one time, I want you to imagine that I have a, a pair of walkie-talkies and I've taken the shell off one and with all the electronics are exposed and shoved it up your ass. And every time you're low energy, I'm going to push the button on mine and shock you. And there were times like I catch his eye on stage and I push like I was pushing a button and he would jump and flail randomly, no explanation to the audience. Which, and then be like high energy for a while. Like if he'd refocus on looking high energy instead of slow. So it was a running gag with us for like two years that I'd pretend to push the button. And now someone took that and just put it in the other hole and made millions. You can go in that hole too, though. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Just depends whether you're coming or going. Yeah. Uh, all right. I don't have much to plug. I will say, so I don't know if you noticed, but I, I, since the last episode recorded, I added a YouTube channel, um, just for clips. So obviously like if you're listening to the podcast, I don't know that it makes a whole lot of sense for you to go check out the clips, but if you happen to be generous and wanted to subscribe, it's talking about the big stuff on YouTube. Um, it just anything that will help us to kind of get the message out about, about the podcast. Yeah. Easy to share those clips with friends and neighbors. Um, yeah. So they get a taste of the podcast. Yep. Yeah. Which and may not be a good idea. Just tell them to listen with don't without knowing what it is, frankly. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, also, because we were off last week, um, thank you everybody for being patient. I did. I did want to release a quick video, and you. I think you saw it. It was about. Um, I released a quick video on our Instagram and it's also now on our YouTube channel too. Um, and that was, that is separate from the podcast. It was just a, it was a under a minute reel. Um, and it went, I won't, I'll say it, it went micro viral. Uh, it, it got more hits in under 24 hours than this podcast has in almost a year. It's so weird because, <laughs> you know, my brothers and I do this food podcast. So I've mentioned cravat attack before I plugged it previously. And I do I do some shorts on it, and I did one of me just cooking sabret hot dogs, eating it with sauerkraut and mustard and onion sauce, and talking about different types of hot dogs. Now, this is my favorite way to do that. One point two thousand views in two days, and it's still at that. Like it's just like their algorithm, like fed it to everybody, fed my hot dogs to everybody for a couple of days, got it over a thousand, and then it just stopped. Nobody sees it again. Yeah, our this video hit. 1500 or something and then it kind of crapped out around 1500 i'm looking right now um but i'm i'm happy with it i don't i'm not trying to complain i'm actually i just you know i did this thing just trying to get a little bit of content out there so that we weren't you know missing a week entirely and then it happened to 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 do pretty well so yeah it's my fault we missed a week my mother-in-law broke her ankle on tuesday when we were going to record and spent the day running around getting her and she's here in the house she's downstairs she's staying with us (sighs) staying that was that was uh that was your side of thing but i also had just done a ton of shit last week um uh, sarah was away until tuesday afternoon so like when you texted me that that was going on, I was like, kinda. "Good, good, good like, for your eh. mother-in-law." <laughs> no, I was just kind of like, "Eh, no, right. no." I, I was not in any hurry to try to like find a replacement for you. Or when you texted me back, and we're like, "I might be able to record late," and I was like, "Eh, let's just wait." Or the next day, so, I was like, "Yeah, I can make time." Once yeah. I built her a bed and got her settled. Yeah, my schedule was crazy with that, and you know, doing all the baseball shit and and trying to get stuff ready for Mother's Day, and so. All right, everybody, thank you for listening. Um, please, if you if you could write us a review on or rate us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, check us out on Instagram and YouTube. It's talking about the big stuff on Instagram. Talking about the big stuff. Uh, on youtube and you know it we every little bit of of liking and subscribing and everything else helps us so we really appreciate it and matthew it's time for you to do your sign off because you do it better about 
your your big stuff. To, Thanks for taking our big stuff and taking it deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right.